Psalm chapter 61. If you grab your Bibles, join me there. Psalm chapter 61. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate that much. Psalm chapter 61. And we continue our study and I'm simply entitled Encouragement for the Soul. Encouragement for the Soul. Psalm chapter 61. We'll read verses 1 through 3 and we'll kind of uh, look back over this passage, kind of been a springboard passage for this series that'll last the month of January. Psalm chapter 61, as you might gathered here. And, uh, my, it's good to see the sunshine outside, isn't it? And I like that on a cold winter's day to be able to see the sunshine. And I like a warm building. Amen. And, uh, it's nice to have heat and things. Just don't fall asleep. Amen. And, uh, but I enjoy those things. Psalm chapter 61. Remember the words of David. His cry, as the ladies just sing about, call unto me, God speak. David did just that here in Psalm chapter 61. Notice it. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. What a great statement. For as thou, or excuse me, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Last week, we began looking at this idea of dealing with despair and discouragement and depression. And we identified some truths from this passage and others, and just from life, experiences that we all have in common. We notice this simple truth in these takeaways. First of all, that no one is ever exempt from the discouragement and depression challenging us to a wrestling match. And we like that picture as we looked at last week, that God says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood and so it is true we wrestle sometimes against discouragement we wrestle against depression we we wrestle against despair and there's not (coughs) excuse me there's not one of us here that is exempt from that all of us face it they do come knocking on our door they challenge us to a wrestling match there is no doubt of it (coughs) excuse me We cannot think for a moment that we are exempt or that's not going to happen to us. Notice the second one, if you will. The second takeaway we learned last week. To be overwhelmed is okay. I sure am glad that David said, I am overwhelmed, aren't you? I'm glad that you and I can admit there's days that we're overwhelmed. There's times in life when things get us down. And we looked last week and... If you weren't here, I'd encourage you to either get online or at our website or sign up for the CD and listen to it. But we learned last week there are many doors through which discouragement, depression, despair can come to challenge us to a wrestling match. Things of life, issues and situations and trials and things that will come up by which we can be overwhelmed. And I'll tell you this morning, friend, it's okay to be overwhelmed. I honestly believe, and this is just maybe from a personal standpoint or personal thought, you may beg to differ, but I even think that Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane was overwhelmed by what lay ahead. Hence a prayer to take this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will but thine. Hey, the Bible tells us we were talking with someone right after the service last Sunday morning and or even Sunday night, one of the two. And reality is this. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ was tempted in all points like as we. May I tell you this morning, Jesus Christ had wrestling matches with discouragement and despair, depression. Oh, I don't think the Son of God ever gave in to him. But you can be sure they came knocking. They came knocking. When people wouldn't listen to Jesus Christ, when he understood that most people followed him just to get a free lunch, 
When his own disciples turned his back, their backs on him. Can I tell you, I bet discouragement, despair came knocking. We are all overwhelmed. There are times in life when we can get, eh, just feel like the storms have overcome, the, uh, the waves of the storm have overcome into our boat, and uh, we are overwhelmed. That's exactly what David said, but can I tell you, it's okay to be overwhelmed. What it is not okay to be is, as we learned last week, to be defeated and immobilized. To be stopped dead in our tracks. To throw in the towel, to give up. That, that's not okay. That's, God doesn't want that for you and I. Notice number three, the third takeaway was simply this. We all need encouragement. We all need encouragement. We'll get more to this both today and in the weeks upcoming. But as I ended the message last week, and I tell you, I, I firmly believe, and I think that we don't often practice it as we should, but a church ought to be a fellowship of encouragers. Lifting up one another and encouraging one another. We'll speak more of that. Now, I want you to understand, and we need to see this morning as we consider these things and how these doors are open and so forth. We need to understand and know that discouragement and despair and depression are products or outcome of spiritual battle, and those spiritual battles take place in the mind. That's where the wrestling match occurs, as I've couched it, and this idea of the wrestling match with discouragement and depression and despair. It happens in the battlefield of the man. In fact, the Scriptures, especially the New Testament, one of the main themes is that the battlefield for the Christian life, the majority of spiritual battles are fought on the battlefield of the mind. It comes down to our thinking. It happens here in the mind before it gets out anywhere else and even involves the emotions and everything else. It is the thought process. It is the battlefield of the mind. That's why the Scriptures of the New Testament, that theme runs throughout it. You and I are encouraged and challenged that we are to bring every thought into captivity. We are encouraged and challenged that uh, we are to think on things that are true and honest and lovely and pure and, and of good report and just. Those are the things we're to think on. Why? Because the mind is a battlefield. One of the great truths of that, that verse, to think on things that are true. Because you know what happens when we get discouraged and we get into depression and despair? We start worrying about things that aren't true. We start thinking what could happen, and this could happen, and this could go wrong, and this could, get, this could be an issue. We start thinking on things that aren't true. That's why God's Word says, finally, brethren, think on things that are true. Think on these things, things that are true. And we are told to imitate the very mind that is the thinking of Jesus Christ. We're to have His mind in us to think like Christ. We are told to guard our minds, our thoughts, from the influences of the world, our old nature, and the devil. There are repeated commands, which means that for you and I, and I like this, get a hold of this, Christian, we are repeatedly encouraged, commanded to renew our mind. To renew it with the Word of God. What's a renewed mind? Well, a renewed mind is one that is grounded and, and I would say it is entrenched in and, and frankly strengthened by the truths of God's teaching in His Word. And if you have a renewed mind, then you are ready to go to a wrestling match with discouragement and depression and you can come out on top. But if you don't have a renewed mind, 
If God's word isn't in there and you're not meditating on it and it isn't the promises that you're clinging to God's word, can I tell you, when that wrestling match starts, I can pretty much guarantee who's going to win. Discouragement, depression, despair. They'll come out victorious, but a renewed mind. That's why Paul, Paul even says this, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, doesn't he? He says this, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can I tell you this morning, if you are someone who routinely, who regularly gives into discouragement, you give into depression, you are sometimes the victim of despair in the sense that you allow it to, to rule your life, can I tell you there is hope for victory. You can have your mind transformed by the renewing of it. You can have victory. God is offering it to each and every one of us. That's why it is crucial that we fight the battle, this wrestling match against discouragement, depression in our minds with the truth found only in God's Word. There's many illustrations of it in Scripture, and there's many people, uh, saints of old, that have demonstrated for us. This morning, I want us to consider probably one of the more familiar ones. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 50, if you will, with me. Genesis chapter number 50. We're going to look at Joseph, and uh, one of the patriarchs, one of the men we look at, and, and just a tremendous testimony. And we want to look at Genesis chapter 50, as we consider his life, we're going to pick up near the end of the chapter and read probably, if not the most famous statement of Joseph, one of the most famous statements in verses 18 through 20. Genesis chapter 50, verses 18 through 20. Joseph here has been uh, reunited with his brethren, his father. They've come to live there with him in Goshen. His father has passed away. His brothers are worried and concerned that Joseph now is going to exact revenge. So they come and they fall before him. Verse 18, And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. You can understand they're trembling in their shoes at the moment. In verse 19, And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God. Notice it, verse 20. But as for you... Ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. We get that common statement, that phrase that sometimes you and I have, have clinged to, or clung to, I should say. Let's step back a moment. Let's understand. Here's Joseph now. He's sitting on the, the second greatest throne in the entire nation of Egypt. And as he sits there, he's on the other side of a life of difficulty, a life of trials, a life of a bunch of open doors and situations where discouragement and depression and despair could have came walking in and challenging him to wrestling matches. He's on the other side. He's made it through, if we might put it that way. He's overcome many of it. We read these words that he looks at his brothers and says, listen, all that happened in my life, all that transgressed and because of some choices you even made that affected my life, it all happened, though you may have meant it for bad, God has meant it for good. Literally, what he's teaching us is a basic principle that he understands that God was working it all together. Everything in his life, everything in our lives. He allows some things, other things he orchestrates, he causes them, and he works together for our good. What Joseph was really saying is this, God is the great weaver of life. 
He takes all the ingredients of your life. Yes, the things that can be sources of joy and excitement, but also the things that can be open doors for discouragement and despair, downhearted, disheartened, disillusioned moments in our lives. God takes those and he weaves them all together. And what does he bring to pass? Good. Good. Here's Joseph. He understood a basic truth. As God takes those moments and ingredients, He's going to work it for good. Bring that to pass. So it's our first takeaway for today. We'll expound upon it, but we'll go ahead and identify it. When life's ingredients threaten to discourage you, trust the Master's hand. When life's ingredients threaten to discourage you, trust the Master's hand. It is a basic biblical truth from this verse in Genesis chapter 15, verse number 19, or excuse me, verse 20, that you, need, you and I need to let fill our minds and our hearts. Now, immediately, let's step back in the flesh for a moment, shall we? Immediately, you and I, uh, we might think, wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. Here is Joseph. You know, he's sitting now on the throne, and, and he is command of all of Egypt after Pharaoh. And it's easy to say something like that when, when everything's hunky-dory, when everything's fine and dandy, when you're not in the middle of the storm, when you're not going through those situations and those problems in life. And, and uh, it's easy to say something that sounds good like this, that, that you know, you intended it for bad, but God meant it for good. And, boy, that, that's easy to say. I mean, here you are again right behind pharaoh in the most powerful nation in the entire world it's easy to say that looking back what do we say hindsight is 2020 it's easy to look back after you've come through and say okay now yeah okay i i i, I can see that and yet we want to say this if i ever get through what i'm going through in my life and i'm not sure that i'm going to get through it but if i do i'll probably say something like that then but you know what? Right now, Joseph, in the middle of my life and the things that I face and the heartaches and the problems and the, 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 the things that cause discouragement, I just can't even think that right now. I, I can't even believe that, that God's going to take this and work it out for my good. I, I, just, I, 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 can't, I, I just don't have any hope that that's going to happen. Well, Joseph, it's easy for you to say that. Well, where you sit, looking back, but boy, where I am in the middle of this storm, man, it's, it's near nigh impossible for me to cling to that. Hey, friend, can I tell you, if that is how you have felt in the middle of a situation in your life, you are not alone. You're not. But many of us, if time would allow us to speak and until there have been many of us in the midst of a wrestling match with discouragement, in, in the midst of a wrestling match with despair and maybe even depression, we have been tempted to think the same thing. We, we have thought, I, I, I want to say and I want to believe that all things work together for good, that, that God's going to weave this together as part of the ingredients of my life and come up with something good. But Joseph, you're... you're it's easy for you to say that where you said. Well, in those moments where we are starting to give in to discouragement and such, we miss an important truth conveyed in this verse and throughout the life of Joseph. Note this. When Joseph says this, it's not just a pious statement made by Joseph when life was easy and such trust sounded good. No, 
This was a guiding truth in the life of Joseph. It was a principle that flooded his mind frequently over the last 20, 30 years. I firmly believe, now, now follow with me. Where does Joseph get this? The scriptures aren't very clear about it where he comes up with this notion because I'll tell you, it did not start when he was on the throne of Egypt. I believe this principle and this truth found in verse number 20 in Joseph's mind and heart started way back when he was a child. I think somewhere along the way that his father Jacob had taught him this. See, by the time Joseph came along, there was Jacob. Jacob had already endured a a difficult, troubled, a life full of heartache. There are many instances in Jacob's life that would have been an open door for wrestling with discouragement, despair, depression. First of all, he was born the second of two twins. In that culture, that was a big deal. That meant he, he, he missed out on everything. Then what happens? Well, then he goes and he tries to steal his brother's birthright. It's successful, but at a great cost. He has to run for his very life. His brother's seeking to kill him. And he has very little to his name. He runs away and then then his future father-in-law, he switches his older, uglier daughter for his younger, beautiful daughter who... Jacob was supposed to marry, and he does it when? On his wedding day. There might be a chance for discouragement in that moment. Then he what? Then he has to work 14 years for both of them. For the one he wanted, and the one, we'll leave it there. 14, I mean, this is there. Then his own father-in-law tries to cheat him out of his herd and his possessions. He even tries to go afterwards and hunt him down as they're leaving. I mean, Jacob has faced it. Jacob, there are many other instances. Time would not permit us to tell from the life of Jacob. Jacob has learned. Jacob has come to the point in his life. And through it all, through those times of wrestling with discouragement and despair, you know what he probably imparted to Joseph? When Joseph was old enough now, his favorite son, there might have been, there likely was many times that he brought Joseph. And he said, listen, Joseph, I want you to know something. This and this happened in my life. Your dad not proud of it but i want to tell you something all through it god was faithful he never left me alone joseph listen you look at my life and and joseph i can't believe that here i am and i have so many sons and there god has still promised a whole nation is going to come for me joseph i can't believe it i don't see how god has done it but i'll tell you my friend my son god has done a great job of weaving the situations, the instances, the ingredients of my life to bring about good for me. And I'll tell you, my friend, one of the best parts of Jacob's life, to be brought to Egypt, reunited with Joseph down the, down the road, God still wasn't done with Jacob. Working things out for his good. And so I believe with all my heart that Joseph learned at a young age from his father that God blesses, that God keeps his promises, that God is always there with him. As that was put in Joseph's mind, I believe it remained there in his heart. 
Until it was put to the test in Genesis chapter 37, verse 24, Joseph's brothers then took him and they threw him, as the scriptures declare in that verse, they threw him in an empty pit, a, a, a pit that may usually during different seasons have water in it, but at the time it was empty. And they took him and they threw him in that, that pit um, as opposed to killing him as they first plotted to do. Then they went off, the Bible says, and enjoyed a meal as they decided what to do with their little brother. Could you imagine what he went through in that moment? Hey, 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 the Bible says that pit was empty of physical things. And sure it was. But I'll tell you what that pit was full of. Listen to me. Just as many of the pits in your life where despair and discouragement show up, you know what that pit was for Joseph? It was full of spiritual battles. It was full of spiritual battles. You can imagine and you can pretty much guess that discouragement, despair, and maybe even depression showed up there in that pit. Those foes were present. And how would they have begun their wrestling match with Joseph? Well, in the battlefield of the mind. A casting of doubt, uh, the truth instilled in him by his father sometime before. Do you really think that God is going to use this and work it out for good for you, Joseph? Look around. Your coat of many colors is gone. Your brothers hate you. They've thrown you into this pit. And how are you going to get out? You'll never see your father again. Oh, my despair and discouragement. They like to hop on to our thoughts. They like to challenge what we are trying to cling to and hold to. Oh, certainly. Do you really trust that this is according to God's master plan? Oh, God's forgotten you. He's given up on you. And oh, how many of us have wrestled with those same thoughts. In times of discouragement, in times of despair, these same doubts that we found ourselves facing about our own lives, and they've opened the doors for discouragement, despair, depression to come challenge us. But Joseph was not going to be defeated by discouragement and despair. He was going to trust God, his promises, that all things would work out, that the good would come to pass from everything that would happen in his life. Listen, he kept this faith. He kept the faith that he verbalized in Genesis chapter 50 to his brothers. In that pit, he said, no, 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 I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to lose the wrestling match. I'm not going to do it. He kept the faith. And then later on, as he was brought to the auctioning block in Egypt, he was sold into the home of a foreigner in a foreign country. He kept the faith. He kept trusting that God's going to work this out. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know what the end is going to be, what the outcome's going to be. I am going to trust that God is going to work it together for good. And can I tell you, my, my friend, Christian, you need to have the same faith. That whatever you face, whatever's going on in your life, that's going to be the open door to discouragement, despair, and depression. Step back. Trust God. Keep the faith that it is in the Master's hand. I said it a few weeks ago, but I sure am glad that God doesn't take a day off. He has no sick days. He is always the master, and you are always in his hand. And he is directing and guiding and, and orchestrating things in our life to bring about good. 
Oh, he kept the faith when he's in the home of Potiphar, when he was falsely accused and thrown into a terrible prison to rot to death. He kept the faith when two men that he had helped and encouraged forgot all about him, and he spent more lonely years in that prison. How do we know he kept the faith? You say, Pastor Henry, I, I don't read how, during that time that it says that Joseph kept the faith. Ah, uh, how, how do we know that? How, how do we know that Joseph didn't give in to despair and discouragement depression? Well, can I tell you, there might have been a time that Joseph lost a battle. I can just imagine the bottom of the pit, man. I, I, I can't imagine what, all that was going through his mind. Maybe when he was first thrown in prison, falsely accused, and not even having a fair court trial, and, and he was thrown in. I, I can imagine that maybe he did lose a battle here or there. And you can be assured that outside of God, the only companions that Joseph had from the pit to the throne were discouragement and despair. Constantly nagging his heels, hounding him, trying to give him just a throw in the towel. Stop trusting God. Hey, Joseph, this life is not working out for you. It's not going to work out for your good. And though he might have lost the occasional battle, this is what we know. He was victorious more often than not. How do we know that? Hey, it's very simple. You say, Pastor Henry, how do you know that Joseph kept the faith? It doesn't necessarily say that in Scripture. How in the world do we know that, that in those times he kept the faith, whether it be the pit, whether it be Potiphar's house, whether it be the prison? How do we know it? You know, very simply, in, in my own <laughs> vernacular, this is how we know it. This is what he did. He kept on keeping on. He kept on keeping on. He got out of bed. He rolled out of bed. And not only did he roll out of bed, but this is what he didn't do. He didn't throw in the towel. He didn't give in to despair. He didn't say, I'm mailing it in. This isn't worth it anymore. I'm done with this. I can't handle it. I'm so overwhelmed that I'm not going to be able to go on, get up, and do the things I'm supposed to do. In fact, the Bible tells us this. Whether it be Potiphar's house, whether it be the prison, wherever it was that Joseph was, what did he do? He kept on serving the Lord. He kept on doing the work that he was supposed to do. He took care of responsibilities. He, 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 he did the things that he was supposed to do. In fact, you know what's amazing? When he was in the prison, those, the, the chief of the butler and the chief of the baker were there. They had their dreams. Joseph helped them with their interpretations. And in doing so, you know what he said? Listen, glory to God. Give God the glory. He said, listen, interpretations are from God. They're not from me. I'm no one special. It is all of God. What does that tell us? Joseph kept on keeping on. You know what sometimes you and I need to hear? We're going through a difficult time. Discouragement and despair have come and knocked, and they want to challenge us to a wrestling match, and we're wrestling with them. You know what we sometimes need to hear? Hey, keep on keeping on because you are in the master's hand. Your life is in his hand. He is going to weave it together for good. Keep trusting him. Keep the faith. Don't throw in the towel. You see, though he was forgotten by man and treated wrongly, he knew that God was there. So don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. And how do you do that? How do, you say, how do I keep on keeping on? How does anyone do it? Well, they do it by trusting the master's hand, having that faith that he's going to work this out for my good. You see, Joseph doesn't last long if he doesn't believe that. What he said in Genesis chapter 50 and to his brothers when he said, listen, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That isn't something he just came up with afterwards. No, my friend, this is something that was a principle to life. 
This is something ingrained in his heart and his mind early on in which he said, listen, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. I don't know what path it's going to take. I don't know how people are going to treat me. I don't know what's going to go wrong. I don't know what's going to go well. But I do know this. I'm in the master's hand. And he'll weave it out for my good. And I'm going to trust it. I'll tell you, my friend, it's the only way that Joseph got through his life, and it will be the only way you and I get through life. Keeping that faith, understanding, trusting. What is amazing to me is, you know what else God says, not necessarily in Joseph's life? This blows my mind. It ought to blow our mind. It really did. It, it ought to humble us. You know what God will also do? God will also use the bad things in our life that you and I have caused through sin and bad decisions. God says, you know what? I'll also come and as you put your faith in me, return to me, I'll take those bad things and I'll use them for your good. I'll tell you, that's a pretty amazing God. That he doesn't always hold it over our head. Certainly there are, there are scars and there are consequences that last. But I'll tell you, my friend, our God is so merciful. He is so long-suffering. He is so gracious that he even takes bad things in our life and he works them out for our good. I've heard many of you in this auditorium, you're telling me, man, I went through this period in my life, Pastor, and I, I wish I'd never made those choices. But I'll tell you, God sure did teach me something during that. God sure did grow me during that. I, I don't wish it on anybody, and I, I shouldn't have made those choices that got me on that path. But as I turned to God and I put my faith and trust in Him again and came back to Him like a prodigal son or daughter, boy, He really used that time in my life to teach me something. Man, what a great God we serve. He's going to even weave those things together for our good. You see, these wrestling matches with despair and discouragement and depression will only be won if we keep this truth foremost in our minds. May we put it into a simple statement. I can trust the Master's hand that He is the master weaver of my life, weaving everything together for my good. I can trust Him. And I'll also point this out. This wasn't just over a short time for Joseph. How long has your problem, how, how long have your issues gone on? How, well, Joseph was, was carried away, most biblical historians would agree, at age 17. He didn't stand before Pharaoh until he was 30. 13 long years Joseph went through this. You know what else? Don't miss it. 13 years of saying, okay, I'm going to keep the faith. I'm going to trust God. He's going to work this out for good. Listen, he got out of that pit. Oh, maybe there was a little hope. Maybe things was, would, would turn around a little bit. I'm trusting God. He's going to work it together for my good. Then he sold to some slave traders in a caravan. They aren't headed anywhere he knows. They're headed to Egypt, a pagan nation. Oh, great. Things just got a little worse. He gets into Egypt. He's on the auctioning block, and Potiphar buys him. He becomes a slave and a servant in Potiphar's house. And there, we know that Potiphar's wife was a temptress. And now he had to put up with this every day. Can I tell you, wait a minute, he's trusting that God's going to work everything together for good. And guess what? Things are getting worse. He stands up against temptation. She tries to tempt him. He says, wait a minute, I can't sin against God in this way. Interesting, as we've studied in Sunday school, even before the Ten Commandments were given, he said that. Even before it says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Joseph knew what the heart of God was. He knew what the right and wrong was. And he knew that it would be a sin against God. He resists it. Guess what? She falsely accuses him. And she's thrown into one of the worst prisons in all of Egypt. Have things gotten better or worse? They've gotten worse. 
He interprets dreams. He thinks of others. He gives God the glory. And the two that he interpreted the dreams for, one's killed, one's returned to their place of prominence, and he is forgotten. Let me ask you pointedly this question, Christian. How long will you continue to trust in your God? How bad do things have to get before you just say, ah, I don't think I'm going to hang on to that anymore. Yeah, God says he's going to weave everything together for my good. But man, this, this is happening. Boy, this is happening. It's just gotten worse and this has gotten worse. How worse does it have to get before you stop keeping the faith? Can I tell you, I don't know how bad it will get. I don't know what path you're going down. I don't know how deep your pit is. But let me tell you this. Your God is faithful. His word is true. May I put it in just a couple uh, thoughts here, and, and we'll develop it here in a moment. But in fact, I'll come to those in a moment. But let me tell you, just, just encourage you about this. Win the wrestling matches on the battlefield of your mind. By clinging to this simple truth here, I can trust the Master's hand, that He is the master weaver of my life, weaving everything together for my good. Now, before we leave the pit, before we, we leave Joseph there, let's, let's get another truth here that I'd like for you to see. See, I don't want you to think for a moment that in that pit that Joseph was there, he was happy and joyful as anyone could be, that he was down in the middle, in the bottom of the pit, and he was saying, hey, hey, brothers! God means this for good. This is going to be great. Yes, you wait and see. I can't wait till what comes next. Listen, I don't believe for a moment that that's how Joseph acted. In fact, I think in that moment, you know what Joseph was probably like? He probably crumbled to the bottom of that pit. Maybe some tears came down his cheek. He hung his head. And I think discouragement in despair, darken the doorstep of his mind and heart. I mean, how could it not? Would you not be overwhelmed by that turn of events? Here he was on an errand. He was going to visit his brothers, give a report back to dad. Everything was fantastic. He was wearing his favorite coat, the one that dad had given him, a coat of many colors. Everything was fantastic. And he was on this errand. And the very brothers he went to check up on took him. They stripped him of his coat. They tossed him into the pit, probably all the time telling him how much they hated him, that they wanted to kill him, that they were going to do horrible, terrible things to him. And they threw him in the bottom of this pit. No doubt he was disheartened, likely disillusioned, and possibly even an emotional shock. What just happened? How this happened to me? I mean, just a few moments ago, I'm walking down the road, checking, and how, how did these things happen to me? And I'll tell you, in that moment, crumpled in the bottom of that pit, can I tell you what I believe, and I, I think Scriptures would support it, that Joseph did. I, I think he did exactly what we read, D, uh, read David doing in Psalm 61. He cried out to God with all his heart and soul. He looked up to the only one that could help him. You know what it reminds us? Don't miss it this morning. Because let's be honest. This morning, right now, there's some of us here in this auditorium. We're, we're in a pit of despair. 
We're, we're in a pit of discouragement. That pit may be finances. That pit may be health things. It may be how someone else has treated us. It, it may be how life has gone with different decisions and things, but we are in a pit. And you know what Joseph reminds us, and I think it's so true uh, for each one of us today, that there is only one way to look when you find yourself in the pits of life. Let's look up. Let's look up. And the deeper the pit, the higher you need to look up. And that's exactly what Joseph did. He looked to God. And can I tell you, here's a, here's a simple truth. When you are in the pit of despair and discouragement, look up. Look up. Look to your God. See, Joseph likely cried out to his God. He claimed the promises that God had given him in his dreams. He asked God to be there with him, to be a shelter, to be his refuge, to be his secure and strong rock. How did David put it? Ah, the rock that is higher than I. And I'll tell you, my friend, I think Joseph, I think Joseph cried to God in that pit. And I think his God answered him. What do you think God's response was? Well, it's the same as it would be for you and I. Get a hold of this truth. You see, when we look up, God looks down. When we look up to Him, we cry out to Him. David said it, you've been my shelter. You have been my refuge. When we look up, God looks down. And it gets better. It gets so much better. Because when God looks down, God comes down. When God looks down and He comes down, when we look up and we cry out to Him, He, he answers our prayer, literally looking up, is calling unto Him. As the lady sang about, as David did in Psalm 61, we look up, God hears that call, He looks down on us exactly knowing where we are. And my friend, here's the great truth, we get to experience His presence, Him with us. And that's exactly what he did for Joseph. He fulfilled the promise that he has made to believers throughout the ages. For Moses, he made it to Moses. He made it to David. He made it to Solomon. He made it to you, New Testament believer. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm going to be there with you every step of the way. You're never alone. Hey, whatever spiritual state you are in, you're never alone. Whatever physical state you are in, you are never alone. Whatever emotional state you are in, you are never alone, believer. What's neat about Joseph's story is that we can first safely assume that God was in the pit with Joseph. That he was there. His presence was evident. Not physically, not in the idea of seeing him, but he could sense God was with him in the storm. In the middle of that pit of life, God was there. We can safely assume that. How can we safely assume that? Well, Genesis chapter number 39 and verse 2 tells us this. When Joseph went into Potiphar's house, that verse says what? God was with him. God was with him. A little bit later on in Genesis chapter 39, verse 21, he is unjustly thrown into prison. You know what verse 21 says? Uh, says That God was with Joseph in prison. He looked up, God looked down, and when God looks down, God comes down. He's with you. In the midst of whatever you're going through, that wrestling match with discouragement and despair, he's there. It did not matter what kind of pit that Joseph found himself in. He kept looking up, God kept looking down, and God came down. 
You realize, Christian, what you need to remember when discouragement, depression, and despair start wrestling with you? Remember to look up. Remember that God's never going to leave you nor forsake you. That He'll look down, He'll come down to be with you, and ultimately He'll work it all together for your good. And I love what David writes later in Psalm 139, verse 7. He says this. Actually, let me back up. <laughs> okay. Uh, there it is. Psalm 139.7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? And then he goes on to speak of places like heaven and, and hell and the grave and the east where the sun comes up and, and the west beyond the sea. And he speaks of the darkness in the night. And he says this, Thou art there. It does not matter where I go. It does not matter how deep the pit. It does not matter where I find myself in life. Thou art there. And that simple truth, Christian, ought to help you and I win every wrestling match with discouragement and despair. God's with me. Man, every step of the way, He is with me. That's what David said. Now, what if Joseph was writing that verse? What if Joseph wrote that verse? Whither shall I go from thy presence? Whither shall I go from the Spirit? If I was in the pit in the wilderness where my brothers threw me, thou art there. If I was in the caravan with the slave traders going to Egypt, not knowing the future, thou art there. When I was put on the auction block and sold to Potiphar, thou art there. When I was there in Potiphar's house and his wife tempted me and tried to get me to sin and I resisted, thou art there. When I was in the prison unjustly and everyone had forgotten about me, left to rot, thou art there. When the baker and the butler forgot about what I had done for them, thou art there. Let me ask you, if you were writing that verse, how would it go for you? What has happened in your life? What places, what pits have you had to endure? What wrestling matches with discouragement and despair have you faced where you have to cry out, God, I went through this, but thou art there. I'm encouraged this morning because there is no pit of despair and discouragement so deep that you will not find God there. I don't know what's fighting, what's wrestling, what opened the door for you to wrestle with discouragement, despair this morning, but I'll tell you, I don't know how deep that pit is, but I will tell you this. I know that God is there with you, Christian. You're not alone. Can we put it another way? There's no feeling of depression. Don't miss it, Christian. There's no feeling of depression so strong that God's presence can't melt it. There's no feeling of, oh, I'm so depressed and I just can't get over this and I, I can't get out of bed and I, I can't get on with life and I can't do the things. No, 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 no. Hey, Christian. Your God's with you. Your God's with you. And my friend, I would encourage you that when you are in that pit of despair and discouragement, look up. Know that God is looking down and that He's going to come down and be with you. Such a great truth. One last one we learned from Joseph. Simply put, it would be this. When discouragement and depression threaten to win, or excuse me, threaten to ruin your life, stop thinking short-term. Stop thinking short-term. Here's where the wrestling match really rages on the battlefield of our minds, doesn't it? 
I mean, this is what it is. We start thinking short term. We start seeing all, all that we see is today and all that we see is this pit and, and all that we see is what's going on right now and things look so bleak and there doesn't seem to be any hope and <clears throat> we think we have no strength left. There's, no, there's nothing left in our tank to handle this. And then listen to this. Our thoughts of defeat and despair they become words of defeat and despair. I can't go on. I can't face life. I just want to die. Oh, my friend, be very careful what you utter because the devil will make mincemeat out of it. He will take it and he will use it to allow despair and discouragement to win the victory. He will take what you say and use it against you. He will. It all starts with thoughts. I just can't. This is terrible. I, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't handle this. And I, I can't make it through. And Oh, hey, stop thinking short term. Keep on keeping on. Your life is in the master's hand. You see, what we learn from Joseph is this. Not one word do we read of despair. Not one word do we wear of complaining, of, of, of discouragement, of him giving up hope there in the pit or the prison we we don't read of that we don't we don't see his short-term thinking being expressed in words no we only read of him keeping on or keeping on keeping on that's all he just does it he keeps on keeps on what's the encouragement it's simply this no struggle will last forever but you will believer get a hold of that Hey, no struggle, no disappointment, no heartache, no situation in your life will last forever, but you will. You will. See, God has promised it. John chapter 10 and verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And I'll tell you, my friend, nothing, nothing will ever change that nothing can touch it the truth of god's word has to cut through the thick fog of despair and discouragement in our minds when we find ourselves in the pit you know what we have to remind ourselves of is this i am a child of god forever forever and what i'm going through today what what's happening this week this month this year in my life uh, uh, what's happening that does not define me i will live a lot longer well past what i'm going through today you, you think the long term stop thinking the short term i'll never make it through i don't think i can't get out of it i can't handle this this is too much I, how am i supposed? no 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 you are a child of god and you will be a child of god for all of eternity you're gonna get through it god there with you all along the way we must be reminded that my life is more than this one moment, this one trial. In fact, my life is more than this life. This life is even but a vapor. So we have to turn our hearts and our minds on our forever life. The heartache may be real, and it certainly is. The disappointment may be great, and it often is. The storms may be overwhelming. But my God has made promises that He will keep to me. I can trust Him. I will make it through this. It will not be the end of me. It might not be painless. It might not be quick. 
But, oh, dear friend, it is in the Master's hand. And when I think long-term instead of short-term, He is with me forever. And He is going to bring this all to pass for my good. So, Christian, you know what you and I need to do when we start wrestling with discouragement, despair, and depression? We need to throw away the short-term thinking and only think long-term. I am a child of God forever. And He will in His timing, work this all out for my good. He'll weave it together. Can I just one, once again, let, let's rephrase, maybe put it together, our takeaways. Number one, from the verse that says that God meant it unto good, therefore I must trust the Master's hand, that He is the Master weaver of my life, weaving everything together for my good. Do you believe it, Christian? It's true. You know, I need to cling to it. We need to trust in that truth. Number two, from the verse that says, My God will not leave me nor forsake me. Therefore, when I am in the pit of despair and discouragement, I can and must look up. Satan wants you and I to look down. He wants us to see our inability, our lack of power and strength to make it through. That's when we need to look up. Look up. And then last but not least, And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Therefore, when discouragement and depression threaten to ruin my life, I must stop thinking short term. One of the things that Satan wants you and I to forget is that we are the child of the King. That we have been given the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. And anything that tempts to discourage us and cause us despair and depression now... It's nothing in comparison to eternity. Would you trust Him today?